Welcome to COTK Online today. It is great to be with you at the beginning of a brand new series called Kingdom Culture. My heart for you in this series is that you understand that we as believers, as followers of Jesus, are not to allow the culture in which we live to define us, but to really embrace the kingdom of God and that culture define who we are. You know, in this last season, I've been talking a lot about our values, about what's important to us as Church of the King and believers. It's all biblically based, and we have six primary values, which is the Bible is our starting point, that we reach people and we build lives, that we're better together that growth is our goal, that generosity is our game plan, and the future is our focus. And those are great values to have. But my heart for you is that you don't, don't just live those values out in the world around you, but because you're living from the place of kingdom, biblical God culture, you impact the culture. How does that happen? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. But first, I want you to know that Jesus was very clear over and over, we see that, that he talked about the kingdom of heaven. Over and over, as you read the Gospels and we see in red letters what Jesus spoke about, so often he talked about the kingdom of heaven. What did he say? He said things like, the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is within you. The kingdom of heaven comes with power, that we're called to proclaim the kingdom of heaven, that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, that the kingdom of heaven is, is like yeast, that the kingdom of heaven is like treasure that's found in a field. He also says that the kingdom of heaven will be taken from the religious and given to those who produce fruit. It's a big deal. Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven, he's going to give us the keys to it if we first seek him. And then, and this is my favorite one, he says, the kingdom of heaven, to inherit the kingdom of heaven, we have to be like a child to enter it. It's really important. It's so important that when Jesus was asked by his disciples, his closest followers, they came to him and said in Matthew 6, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? And he says, sure, boys, here we go. And you probably know this prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When asked how to pray, Jesus says that God needs to be set apart in our lives. He is holy. He is the one for whom we live. And then we are petitioning him that just like it is in heaven, we should pray that it comes down and it happens on earth. This is what we are to pray. This is not some idealistic, unrealistic goal that Jesus says this should be our prayer. Your kingdom come and your will done, just like in heaven, right here on earth. And that's what we're praying for. We're praying. That's what we should be praying for, that we can see heaven come down to earth. So just as our church has those six values that we adhere to, and, and here's what really got me motivated to share this, this message series on kingdom culture, what the culture of God's kingdom is like. It's the very verse that the Lord spoke to me when we planted the church in 2006, Isaiah 58, 12. And it says, those from among you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You'll raise up the age-old foundation. You'll be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets in which to dwell. And when the Lord dropped that on me, 
was like, what does that mean, Lord? And he just whispered to me, it's about people. It's about people. And this is what we're called to do. I think in the last three years as our world has fundamentally shifted, and particularly so in Southwest Louisiana, how much more important must we recognize living in the culture and the kingdom of God and walking out this verse is? Those from among you will rebuild the ancient ruins. What does that mean? That means that God has a place for the broken who can be made healed and whole. They can be made whole. They can, they can be healed. That you'll raise up the age-old foundation. This is all about growth. That's why growth is our goal. Spiritual growth, embracing the truth of who God is, of who we are, of what we're called to, that we'll be the repairer of the breach. What does that mean? That, that when there's cracks in our lives, that we know that it's the Holy Spirit that fills us, that fills those gaps with his spirit so that we can live spirit filled by his leading, that we can see the broken made whole, that we can see those who are wounded become healed, that that we can see those that need repairing. They're filled with this very spirit of God. You'll be called the restorer of the streets. Because at the end of the day, if our faith doesn't make a practical difference, I question whether that faith is real. Because God always has a place and a purpose for his people. I want you to see that. God always has a place and a purpose for his people. How do we live kingdom culture? How do we build kingdom culture? I think we have a really great example in two books of the Bible, which correspond perfectly in Ezra and Nehemiah, where we see the city of God in Jerusalem 70 years prior had been laid waste by the Babylonian empire. The vast majority, at least all of the elite, all of those with any education had been been taken as captives, as hostages and brought back to Babylon in captivity. And that had been prophesied that for 70 years that they were going to be in captivity. And that there was a prophecy from Jeremiah that said that they would return after 70 years back to Jerusalem, to the place that God had for them with a purpose to rebuild. But not just rebuild anything. Rebuild the city, yes, but it started somewhere. And so for us, I I want us to see that, that the kingdom of God and building that, we can see it in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah because the pattern, and, and it, can I just say that as you read the scripture, and I want you to read the Bible, remember that's our first value, the Bible's our starting point as you read the Bible and reread the Bible, and I've read it so many times through, you begin to see patterns emerge. And we see one here of how God builds, how God builds. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's not just something that we pray for. It's something that we're called to build. And there's just such a simplicity to it. One of my favorite verses, 2 Corinthians eleven three, that it says, but as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, I'm afraid that you'll be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. So how do we walk in that simplicity and that purity and we build the kingdom of God? Well, I've got four simple principles that I'd like to share today out of the book of Ezra. So let's turn to Ezra chapter 1. And underneath 
I put, we are called to be the kingdom of God. Because I want you to understand that while there is a place for God's people in physical, geographical locations, Israel's very important. We see this biblically, that, that I firmly believe that 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 Israel holds a special place, the land of it in the heart of God, that, that there's special places that we hold in, in our heart. Every time I drive on I-10, I see the church where God really met me right there in Jennings. And I know that there's a place and a purpose, but we have to recognize where it begins. Let's look at Ezra chapter 1. Here's what it says. And, and now remember, this is Ezra and, and Zerubbabel and a group of people, have, they're gone back, they're going back to the nation of Israel. Here's what it says. In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, the Lord fulfilled the prophecy he had given through Jeremiah, and he stirred the hearts of Cyrus to put this proclamation in writing and to send it throughout his kingdom. This is what King Cyrus of Persia says, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he appointed me to build him a temple at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Any of you who are his people may go to Jerusalem and Judah to rebuild the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives in Jerusalem. How do we, how do we build the kingdom of God? We have to know that the kingdom of God in our life begins with a word from him. It is God's word to you. Can, can I just say that like nowhere in this Bible did it say, Todd, you need to move to Lake Charles, Louisiana and plant a church. But that was the Lord as, I mean, I know that was so the Lord. And while we see the Bible as our starting point, God is alive and he speaks to us today. And there's no doubt that he called me and my wife to Lake Charles. How do you know that? Well, because God spoke it to me. He dropped Isaiah 58, 12 in our heart. He, he randomly had a prophetic word for us, like a word that out of the blue, that we knew that we were feeling the leading to plant a church, but he used, he used a person, he used Pastor Jim LaFoon, who out of the blue called and said, hey, I don't know if you've ever thought of planting of church. He knew nothing. But if you ever thought of that, the Lord put on my heart, Lake Charles, and whatever you're going to do, do quickly because God's at work there. And that was a word from us. That Was that a man? Well, God delivered it through a man, but it was a prophetic word for us to move and build a place and build a people. Look at what we see in Ezra. God used Cyrus. It wasn't about Cyrus. He was a wicked pagan king. But God spoke to him. The Lord, the God of heaven, who's given me all the kingdoms of the earth, he's appointed me to build him a temple at Jerusalem. Where does the kingdom of God begin in our heart and in our life? When we hear from the Lord. So here's my question to you. When have you heard from the Lord? And what has he spoken to you? What's he spoken to you? It's big. I am where I am today because God spoke. Was it in the Bible? No, but he sure did confirm it through his word. And that's where Isaiah 58, 12 came from. Those from among you. Because God was calling me to him. God was calling me to a place. And God was calling me to people. I want the kingdom of God on, in heaven, just like it is on earth. Well, then let me tell you this. You have to value God's word. You have to be a person who seeks him. Jesus said, if you seek me, you'll find. If you ask, I'm going to give it to you. If you knock, I'm going to open the door. And so many people are so influenced by the culture around them, telling them what to do, that they fail to seek 
they fail to seek God. Seek God. We're called to be the kingdom of God. That's how it's built. How does that start? The first point, it begins with a word from the Lord. Here's the second thing. We must seize the opportunities given us. We've got to seize the opportunities given us. So God speaks to this wicked king and stirs his heart. God's appointed me to build the temple at Jerusalem, which is in Judea. Verse 3, any of you who are his people may go to Jerusalem and Judah to rebuild the temple of the Lord. There was an opportunity for people to embrace the word that had been given about rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. There was an opportunity, but you see, not everybody seized it. Not, Not everybody seized it. We have to embrace the opportunities that come our way. If we're going to see the kingdom of God, I remember when I was in in Broussard and I was kid's pastor, but I got tasked with going to St. Martinville, Louisiana every Wednesday morning for a 6 a.m. Bible study. And I'm a morning person and I was a morning person back then, but that every Wednesday driving from Broussard to St. Martinville to meet with a bunch of old men who could have been teaching me. I mean, I, I loved those men. They were great. But I remember one morning I was tired. I was wore out. I didn't want to go. I remember exactly where I was. I'm on Highway 96. I'm in between Broussard and St. Martinville. It's dark as can be. It's the winter. And I'm like, I start complaining to God. You ever, you ever complain about to God? I'm like, God, why do I have to do this? I am tired. It is cold. I don't want to be here. Like, why am I doing this? And the Lord very clearly spoke to me. It's very simple. And it was a rebuke. He corrected me. He just whispered sternly, I've called you to people. I've called you to people. You see, sometimes the opportunities that come our way to build the kingdom of God because we have personal opinions, affectations, desires, and we don't want to, we miss a God opportunity. And looking back, first of all, I was humbled in that moment. But secondly, I look back on my time in Lafayette and Broussard and look back at the wisdom that was given me by some of these older gentlemen that poured into me. I was there to do a Bible study for them, but what I didn't realize is that I was getting poured into by men that had been serving the Lord for years. And what I thought was me having to do a task was God using the task that I was on to build me. How do we embrace kingdom culture? Starts with a word from the Lord. The second thing is we, we seize the opportunities that come our way. Do you pray first? Do you go out of your way to pray with people? Like, am I, am I actively looking for opportunities for God to use me to help build his kingdom in other people? Hmm. Number three, our hearts have to be stirred by God. Look at verse five. It says, then God stirred the hearts of the priests and Levites, uh, Levites and the leaders of the tribes of Judah and Benjamin to go to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple 
of the Lord. All their neighbors assisted by giving them articles of silver, gold, supplies for the journey, and livestock. They gave them many valuable gifts in addition to all the voluntary offerings. God stirred the hearts of the priests, the Levites, the leaders. Our hearts have to be soft enough and open enough to be stirred by God. How do I build the kingdom of God? I've got to hear from him. I've got to seize the opportunities that he puts in front of me. Can I just tell you, seizing opportunities is a faith issue. It's a faith issue because anytime there's an opportunity to do something that's going to impact people and build the kingdom of God, the enemy is there to tell you, don't do it. You can't do that. You're not qualified. What happened? If you do that, you're going to lose everything. You're going to look like a fool. You're going to be stupid. You're going to move to a city you don't want to. You're going to be, the enemy speaks. So we have to have faith. We have to have a word from the Lord and the word of the Lord needs to be louder in our heart and our soul that we have such faith that it's from the Lord that when the, the tactic and the voice of the enemy to get us to stop and not see the opportunity, our faith is bigger than that. We have to have a heart that remains soft and pure. Here's the last thing. We're called to build personally and practically. The kingdom of God is built when you hear from the Lord. When you seize the opportunities to be light and the dark to the people around you, to the world around you, you seize the opportunity in faith and you don't shrink back in fear. When your heart is tender enough to be stirred, that your heart breaks for what breaks the heart of God. And that you recognize there's a practical and personal call to build the kingdom of God. There's a practical and personal call. If your faith is so personal that has no impact on the world around you, it's simply a belief, something you believe, but because you're failing to act on it, it's not really faith. And you're not going to build the kingdom of God in your life or the world around you. Our faith should not be lived out merely in our mind and in our heart, but with our hands. That's why it says the neighbors assisted. They gave him all sorts of things. And then in verse 9, it says, this is a list of the items that were returned. They're taking things with them on the journey. And it's this list, gold basins, silver basins, all the articles from, from the temple. And in all, verse 11, there were 5,400 articles of gold and silver. There was a practical side of going to rebuild. They were bringing valuable things with them. And then in chapter 2, almost the whole chapter, at least three quarters of it, it says, here is a list of the Jewish exiles who return. And then it starts listing off all of the families. And it says later in, in chapter 2, towards the end of verse 64, it says, so a total of 42,360 people returned to Judah because it was personal and it was practical. The kingdom of, of God, the kingdom culture around us will be defined by those who've heard from the Lord. They've got a word from the Lord. They're stepping out in faith, not shrinking back in fear. They're stepping out and saying, I am seizing the opportunity because God stirred my heart and I choose to make a practical difference. The adage, pray first, is so true. The simple act of going, hey, can I pray for you? Hey, can, can I help with a need? I pray that, that you 
recognize the call on you. This is a call to every follower of Jesus to step out in faith. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says this. It's Jesus speaking. He says, you are the light of the world. You. Jesus is the light. I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father. Yeah, yeah, got it. Jesus says you are the light because the kingdom, he's trusting you with his spirit. You, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp's placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Look at verse 16. Man, I love this. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So, what's God speaking to you? If he's not speaking anything, seek him. Spend time quiet, alone, seeking him. What does that look like? Pray. And remember, prayer is you speaking and you listening because it's a conversation with God. Read his word. It is the starting point. It's how he speaks to us. He speaks to us in our heart, but he uses the word so often. And if he speaks to our heart first, he'll confirm it with his word. Prayer, study, worship. Worship is, is for me, I think, and I think there's a practical aspect. It's simply, gratitude. for me, it's gratitude put to music. And worship is more than just music. It's a lifestyle. But that musical component for me is so huge. Are you seeing the kingdom of God show up around you? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come. May your will be done right here with us in in Lake Charles. I'm sitting in the middle of Lake Charles, the heart of Lake, Lake, Lake Charles right now. And wherever, wherever people who can hear my voice are sitting, Lord, may your kingdom come because our heart is turned towards you. It's stirred. We have a word from you. We're seizing the opportunities and we're making a practical difference in the world around us. Father, I just pray that we can see your kingdom come. That, Lord, that our hearts are sensitive to your spirit, that we're led by you. That, Lord, that you go before us and rebuke the enemy so that we can bring light and life to this community, wherever we are. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've never surrendered to Christ, that's the first step into his kingdom. It's a step, it's a prayer that says, Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are. You're the son of God. You died on the cross for me. I surrender to you. If you've never prayed that prayer, I challenge you, pray that and then connect with the people of God. And if that's you and and you say, I'm doing that, I'm going to do that, do it and let us know. There's a link in the chat underneath. You know how to contact us. Let us know so that we can connect you with relationships and resources to help you grow so that we can see the kingdom of God come right around us. Love you guys. God bless.